Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Across the ASEAN, only on Money FM 89.3. And as we head deeper into the year of the tiger, we have to take stock also of some of the uh, industries to watch across Southeast Asia. And if there is one major lesson we can take from the COVID-19 pandemic is just how important Southeast Asian manufacturers have become in global supply chains that have really dealt with and been beset by so many challenges um, and also hitting many industries worldwide. Well, will some of these problems actually persist and what opportunities might this yield for implementing new technologies and solutions to help some of these factories in Southeast Asia cope with some of these issues? We're joined today on Across the ASEAN by Mr. Suraj Kamath, who's the Director for Industry Consulting and Manufacturing in the Asia-Pacific region for SAS. And he spends a lot of time looking at how manufacturing is evolving across the region and is here to share with us some of his thoughts, observations, and perhaps possible solutions for these manufacturers. Mr. Kamath, thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are so safe and in good health during these times. And welcome to the show, sir. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. It's a great Wednesday. Thank you for having me. In the last couple of years, it's really been highlighted on more than one occasion just how important Southeast Asian manufacturing is. We've seen closures of factories in Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia impacting major manufacturers in places like Japan, the United States, China, and even out in Europe. You're in a better position to do this than I am. Give us an understanding of how integrated and connected global manufacturing chains are in this day and age, and more specifically, just how important is Southeast Asian manufacturing in these global chains now, as say, compared to 15 years ago? It's a great question, and maybe I should, uh, I should explain this by an example. Just think about just making simple TV. Now, you Okay. To do that, you have you can have semiconductor chips that are made in Singapore. The chips are packaged in Malaysia, tested in Malaysia, sold out on a circuit board in Thailand. They're connected to a display LED that's possibly made in Korea and Japan. They could be assembled in China or Thailand or Vietnam and essentially sold anywhere across the region. Now, that's a supply chain network that's pretty dynamic. It's extremely complex. And if you make the wrong decisions as you know the TV manufacturer, you then ha- you're losing money on the top line. Either you're, it's too expensive, um, either your uh, TVs uh, cost too much to make, or you you stock out and you don't have the uh, you don't have the TVs to sell at the end of store. So these are when you think about that these integrated supply chains, ASEAN has become more and more key for resilience uh, as a reliable second source for many of these com- countries that are manufacturing in uh, in larger countries. ASEAN nations become a key second source. There's cost, you know, cost and uh, lead times reduce, and essentially diversifying their chain. So that opportunity is pretty huge for ASEAN. We have seen greater FDI flows over the last few years. We've seen uh, much more support for the industry across the across ASEAN, and we've seen a lot of we've seen more and more companies really look forward look to big data analytics, AI, the cloud as keys to effectively manage these huge and complex supply chains now. This time around, though, what do you think are the biggest issues for Southeast Asian manufacturers? Is it going to be COVID-19 infections shutting down factories, labor component shortages, or just a staggering amount of those returning demand that factories will have to deal with? Well, I think that returning demand is actually a good thing. And I think plant managers will be happy about that. Um, in terms of uncertainties that are, that are still going to be preying on plant managers' minds, I don't see that entire factories I'm, you know, I'd like to believe that entire factories won't be shutting down now, but there's always going to be bottlenecks in the supply chain. There's uh, infections will rise, 
Some people may not be able to come to work. So a lot of plant managers right now have got to be thinking about how they're going to manage factories when key personnel can't come to work. Um, and that's really driving the conversations around remote operations, smart factories, industry 4.0, and uh, you know, telepresence in, in factories. Now, the, to, the, to the point about demand, right? Demand's recovering, that's, that's great. What's going to happen, but what's actually happening is that demand is much more dynamic than, than you know, a, few, a few years before. You know, you're going to see that, you know, I like to give this example. For example, uh, if you think about the start of 2020, uh, I, we had the great toilet paper panic. And this mm-hmm. is something that most people can relate to. We, we saw that these images of people fighting in aisles for the last packs of toilet paper. Now, what a lot of people didn't quite, didn't, might not have appreciated at that point was it wasn't just the fact that the supply, supply went low. It was the fact that demand shifted from the large, res, large rolls of toilet paper that typically go into office buildings mm-hmm. to the smaller ones that go into residential, uh, ah. residential houses. And that's, you know, that the channels for those are different. The packaging for those are different. And the supply chain just couldn't respond to that. I mean, it, it's a black swan event, but these kinds of shifts in demand are what are going to drive people. And that really means that factories, supply chains have to become more responsive, responsive, more flexible, and be able to turn on a dime as the demand changes. And you know, demands will change from within categories, within markets, within uh, within with supply, you know, different suppliers, all of that is going to change. So uh, based on what you're seeing, which countries or manufacturing sectors in Southeast Asia may be better prepared to weather some of these challenges facing their supply chains and manufacturing outputs? And are there any interesting opportunities out there despite all of this uncertainty? Well, you know, every country in Southeast Asia is unique and it has its mm-hmm. own key manufacturing sectors. Sing- Singapore has a lot of high-tech manufacturing, has a lot of precision engineering for aerospace, uh, chemicals, etc. The Philippines has a large ele- has a pretty large electronic sector, very large IP food and CPG. So each, you know, opportunities are, exist across the board to improve supply, ch- you know, supply chain resilience, effectiveness. And we're going to see that, you know, from companies looking at automating their demand forecasting. Today, a lot of companies are still using Excel to build their demand plans, their demand uh, forecasts. Uh, we're going to see a lot of people using AI in the in the near future where um, the entire demand forecasting process is automated. People mm-hmm. are going, there are opportunities to improve factory quality and efficiency with predictive analytics, if, you know, predictive maintenance, predictive quality, just the smart factory um, uh, use cases. Mm-hmm. People are going to improve their time to market, their cost, choosing the optimal, you know, having optimization models that choose the uh, transport routes based on the day-to-day operations. And a lot of companies are going to use deep, analytics and strategy to build around their strategic decisions using around their factory networks. Basically, mm-hmm. which supply chains should be localized? Where should we optimize raw materials, uh, supply, and even the recipes, for example? We're still to Mr. Suraj Kamath, the Director for Industry Consulting for Asia-Pacific Manufacturing at SAS here and across the ASEAN. Now, it has been said the cliche is that necessity and maybe you can even add frustration are the mother, are the parents of invention. And because of this, perhaps new solutions have been adopted by manufacturers dealing with all of these problems. Has automation and the growing adoption of these technological solutions you've outlined um, picked up for ASEAN manufacturers in the last two years? And have these actually made any impact in helping them make sure that the situation doesn't get worse? Oh, absolutely. So uh, the short answer is yes and yes. 
slightly mm-hmm. more nuanced answers that there's been both good and bad right the, the pandemic has accelerated the understanding of these technologies of ai and machine learning cloud predictive maintenance all of these all of these cap- uh, capabilities have been uh, we have ha- been having the greatest conversations over the last two years uh, what we have seen though is manufacturers who are already slightly more digitally mature were uh, and were, were digitally transforming have made significant process uh, uh, one of the uh, the points that i've seen is idc saw a 20% differential in revenue and profit performance between digitally capable manufacturers and non digital manufacturers worldwide so you know less digitally mature manufacturers have made less progress because they've been a little more uncertain of the strategies of the technologies about the investments etc but these the investment in these technologies have absolutely helped manufacturers move and uh, you know weather the pandemic better than they are less digitally digitally capable peers so if i were a, a factory still coming to grips with some of these issues uh, suraj what technologies or data strategies can be used to keep manufacturers ahead of the curve or catch up if they're still behind what i'd say is the fir- the first and foremost is actually utilizing data to drive decisions okay. now that the second part of that is key now data without actually being able to take that data integrate data from across the supply chain being able to use that in uh, in analytical models to take a decision that I, without doing that data itself is no produce no value so if, if i was being prescriptive i would say when to every manufacturer as you're thinking about your data strategy as you should be um you have to be thinking about where what decisions are you going to make with that data and analy- and what how are you going to get from data, data to decision and what's the, the analytical infrastructure that provides that two i would say the technologies around ai and machine learning are going to be key to to solving these uh, these issues and ai and machine learning is much more accessible today than let's say 10 years ago it is absolutely imperative that ai and machine learning come become parts of the the analytical models that are going to underpin this kind of uh, decision making and those have to the, those models have to be operationalized they have to be embedded into the, the decision making process processes at these uh, at the manufacturers uh, everything is going to cloud and when you're pl- trying to manage a supply chain that has many many participants it's going to focus around how can you get all of these uh, participants providing data sharing data and collaborating with each other through a system that uh, that everyone can access and that's really going to be cloud and manufacturers have been more and more comfortable about adopting the cloud i think that that is going to be the third key technology that uh, manufacturers will have to embrace and if a manufacturer start to embrace more of these technologies and i, I want us focusing on using the cloud itself will they also have to perhaps prepare themselves for possible risks uh, or uh, of the cybersecurity flavor in the future perhaps something that maybe manufacturers of yesteryear perhaps didn't have to worry about so much you know that is the that is a concern for a lot of manufacturers that they might be exposing themselves to cybersecurity risk and what i would say to a manufacturer who is still thinking in that way is that it's true technology is complex but there are a ton of trusted partners vendors who can help mitigate those risks and in, in many cases can actually make the uh, the cloud much more secure than uh, an in uh, you know in-house data center so the technology has come uh, has come leaps and bounds and there are but the ecosystems are built up to really bring that kind of security and two there is 
uh, for a lot of manufacturers, there's also a decision to make. What data is most, what data is crucial that it stays on the enterprise? What, what data is possible to share to the cloud? And that, that's also something that, for example, I consult with uh, companies to kind of determine, which is what kind of risks are you going to take up if you move a certain uh, set of data to the cloud versus what other technologies you have, for example, anonymizing the data so you're not exposing confidential information while still being able to compute and uh, run your analytical models in the cloud. Suresh Kamath, Director for Industry Consulting and Manufacturing for the Asia-Pacific region at SAS, for joining us today on Across the ASEAN to share with us his outlook on what the road ahead is for Southeast Asia's manufacturers. As always, Mr. Kamath, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe, sir, and I hope you have a great Wednesday ahead. Thank you for having me, John. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.